0: Hello, listener. Welcome to the latest episode of Switch It. What a test summer we've had. This very podcast got the basball rolling back in May, and Ben Stokes England have since surfed the zeitgeist to six wins from seven tests. Should we get some of the credit for their unexpected success? That's not for me to say. The last hurrah came amid scenes both unusual and poignant at the Oval, England celebrating not only another three-day victory over South Africa, but the life of Queen Elizabeth II. A test that began in silence soon had the amps back up to 11, wickets falling at a rate not seen since the Victorian era. Barely anyone was grumbling other than when the intervention of bad light tipped the game into what was officially day five. Joining me to discuss booze, Baz and Ben's Boys are two men who combine respect for tradition with a dash of the funky stuff when required. ESPN, Crickinfo Info, UK editor Andrew Miller and associate editor Vish Ehantaraja. Um Miller, we weren't entirely sure this game would see any cricket played at all until about midway through what would have been the second day. Um, but even though South Africa declined to stay on for any longer, sticking to their original schedule to fly home on Tuesday, it quickly became apparent that it wouldn't prevent a result.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was fairly, fairly evident from the way the series in the summer has gone already, that given half a chance to play, and Ben Stokes tweeted, obviously, before the decision was made, he said it would be a great honour to to play in, in mem- memory of Her Majesty the Queen, and um, you knew that if England got a chance to get it on the pitch, they would give it everything. And and by giving it everything, I mean I think um, it was Broad, wasn't it, after day day one, day three, or whatever you want to call it, who made them who made the point that the most important thing was to get a result. And England went in without really caring whether that result was a win or a loss, which is an extraordinary thing to say, but it's it's very much in keeping with the way that England have operated all summer. It's like, we're here to entertain. It was, it was a point that um, Ben Stokes reiterated later on, I'm sure we'll come back to this further down the line, about when he, when he sort of almost chastised the media for not getting on board and saying, look, you you guys have got to adapt the way that you write about us because we've adapted the way that we've played, which, um, yeah, we'll, we'll defer that that discussion for later, I suspect. But interesting, interesting to say, uh, but it all... Adds up to this this general zeitgeistiness of, of, of we are we are in the process of transforming the game, and six wins out of seven after one win in seventeen is a transformative result, uh, regardless of whether you think there's any merit or otherwise in 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 the mechanics of what they've done to get to this point. Um, so yeah, uh, as you as you alluded to there at the start, the circumstances were extraordinary. Vish was there for the. Uh, Emotional scenes of of the national anthem and all the rest of it, um, but it was the right thing, quite clearly, for the game to go ahead, and it was quite clearly a, a show uh, to remember. And that's frankly all you can hope for in such such circumstances.
0: Yeah, Vish, um, you you were covering the sort of ECB decision making process. Uh, you were there when they did get underway. There were tributes to the Queen, minute silence. In fact, a prolonged period of silence as as the players came out and. Um, uh, and uh, the one of the first public renditions of God Save the King in, in sort of more than 70 years. Um what was what was it like, uh, you know, just from a personal on a personal like that to experience that atmosphere? So...
2: Um, it was pretty special, really. I think I said on one of the videos we did at the end of the play that um I'm not someone who has any strong feelings towards the royal family. Um I certainly wouldn't consider myself um a royalist, but It felt, it it was a strange thing being there because it felt like, you know, you just knew you were witnessing history. And I know that's a bit of a basic thing to say, uh, because, you know, we do that in our lives every day in some way, don't we? Um, But uh, I was generally quite surprised at how many correct decisions the ECB made. Um, And obviously the joke, the punchline here would be to say, because they're not used to, you know, they don't uh, make good decisions very often but there was so much that could have gone wrong and understandably wrong because these are unprecedented times and there was no real, you know, they, they were wanting to take the league from lead from football. And it was when football pulled out about 1130 on Friday that there was a bit of wavering, but other than that they were strongly going ahead um into Saturday after that day of morning on Friday. Um And I think like, I wondered if it was too, too cute a point, but because of, how Ben Stokes and McCullum have talked about wanting to entertain the fans and the public and get people re-engaged in cricket in some way—it was almost like I don't know. I've mentioned this to Miller because I think we were talking about it in a piece I wrote on, on one of the days about how they just—they were a bit too altruistic. It felt a little bit like they were—they tr- were kind of hamming up the effects that you could have as a sporting team on on a nation, you know, it, it was, they, were, they always felt like they were on the verge of saying, you know, we're going to help people through the cost of living crisis, you know, one, you know, one run for <laughs> every, every 50 we score in, uh, well, rather every over we hit over six and over, we're going to, you know, contribute to someone's um, yeah, energy true. bills. And then <laughs> they had this moment where they actually could lead the way in something so public and in, I suppose, in world getting back to, or certainly the country getting back to to normal and you know, carrying on, I suppose. Um, and they, they did it brilliantly. I mean, the, the cricket, we'll probably go on to talk about it in a bit more detail later on, but it's quite low, low quality cricket, all told, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was fun. And it, and it felt like a very necessary distraction. Yeah
0: and uh, i mean miller was it was it was you know as we would have expected it to be played in the manner that england have have been uh, telling us they're going to play all summer um there just weren't any uh, sponsored uh, cushions on the boundaries
1: yes i mean you know as this says the 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 the, the, the parred down respect of the occasion was 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 actually spine tingling to be perfectly honest that first morning the, the silence coming down the steps and and that the first notes of the well the first of all the South African national anthem which obviously nobody else was singing the words to so Laura we Wright the Soprano absolutely belted it out it was it was an incredible occasion and, and thereafter you know the, the emotion and the and the, the pumped up nature of of the I, I suppose patriotism the nationalistic fever call it what you will but that first morning when England piled out there it was a it was a distillation of everything they'd been doing all summer long. It was like we are going to hit this game like a ton of bricks, and they came out there and you know were six wickets in the first hour, roughly speaking. Poor um, South Africa just did not know what had hit them at that particular moment. And uh, I don't know it, it is it is fascinating. They 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 themselves have talked a good game this summer, but when push came to shove, I think they bottled their good game talk. I mean, you know. Dean Elgar came uh Firdos alluded to this in one of the pieces she wrote was yeah, Dean Elgar had come out trying to sort of play down basball, sort of hitting back saying, oh, I don't believe in this nonsense, blah blah. But when it came when when push came to shove, you know, you don't you don't get to not believe in basball. Basball doesn't believe in you. So, you know, you <laughs> you you know, if you don't if you don't buy into this and try to play along with the way that England are going about it, there's complete no fear. You know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like England going out there. Actively saying we don't care whether we win or lose, we are just going to go for it. I mean, that's a terrifying position to be in as an opposition team, who have got, uh, you know, not sure whether the stick will twist and the circumstances. Do we try to fight fire with fire here, or do we shut up shop as they tried to do that 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 mid afternoon when when uh, we had Mulder and um, I forget who, who was at their end were were basically blocking for their lives, not quite sure was on though, wasn't it? We're blocking mm. their lives, not quite sure whether to just try to save themselves or get the runs on the board quickly that that obviously England did. I mean, that that first innings, case in point, was extraordinarily to 36.2 overs each. In those 36.2 overs, uh, England made 151 runs. South Africa made 118. I mean, there, in a a nutshell, is the point of England's attacking mentality. It's like, we know we're going to lose wickets. We know we're actually not very good at batting still. Uh, But... (laughs) You know, until we lose those wickets, we are going to go for you like we like no one has ever gone for you before, uh, and I applaud that. I mean, I do have a few friends on on various WhatsApp groups who are, um, one of them is a school teacher, put it mildly. He he is, he, I think he, you know, he would rather see some some you know some correctness. You know, you know, <laughs> you know put, put put your put your top elbow back into it, boys, and you know. Learn, 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 learn your ABCs before you start, start playing your switch hits. But I think that rather misses the point. We've, we've talked about it all summer long that, you know, this is the zeitgeist. This is the way that England wants to try to re-engage the teams. We might as well talk about Ben Stokes' comments because I I, I keep feeling like I want to. Um, mm. I I think he's got a point, oddly. I mean, it's a really weird thing to come out. This, and say. this is about
0: saying that the media should be sort of more in line with cheerleading what England are doing.
2: Yeah, paraphrasing. It wasn't quite cheerleading, was it?
1: No, it wasn't. I mean, you were there, Vish. I mean, what, what did you make of the initial initial um, statements
2: from him? Well, I found them really interesting because I had that realization maybe during the third New Zealand test, or the third test of the summer, where I think I sat, I was sitting down to write a piece at the end of the day, and I thought, hold on, like I'm, I'm almost writing this from muscle memory. I'm almost writing it from, a, they could have got more runs if they batted sensibly.
0: Hmm. And
2: I thought, okay, but they didn't try to. and
0: <laughs> That's it, not what it, they want like, to do.
2: Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, and at first I thought maybe it's a bit like, you know, having an argument with a child. It's like, you know, the, the child's logic is one way, you're not going to change it. You just hope through experience it will learn certain things, um, and then I. But then I. The longer it's gone on, the, real, the more I've realised that well, actually, one, I I need to get attuned. You know, but I suppose part of our job as journalists is to relay what they're trying to do, not what mm-hmm. we want them to do, or not what we think they should do. Um, and you know, but by the end of the summer, you end up having enough chats with people um, to know that a, it's authentic, and b, just understand like the workings of it. So, for example, you know, as Miller said. Thirty-six point two overs. Score, score more runs than if you're gonna, you know, if you know you're gonna get out. If the bridge is, if the bridge is gonna collapse, you might as well run across it. Yeah. yeah. Um. No point holding on.
0: And well, what about repairing the bridge as you go?
2: Yeah, but England tried to do that. That's that English week in a nutshell, isn't it? I think I think Andrew Strauss is coming out with a plan next week. About that. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but when he said so, when Stoke said it in that press conference, um, well yesterday, yeah, I I kind of knew what he meant. I, I think yeah. it was a bit more. It felt a bit more of a call to action, but I I, I do know what he was getting at. Yeah, he, I um, mean. Yeah. I agree. I don't think I
1: don't think it's about cheerleading at all. I, it, although when all these things are fraught with danger when they get written down on a page and you lose the, you lose the nuance that that was was injected into the comments in the first place, you can you can it can sound like Stokes is calling for English English media to be lackeys and and just you know accept that Zach Crawley is the best thing since sliced bread. Stop criticizing <laughs> you get. Um, but I don't think it's quite as simple as that. I mean, I, I suppose you can liken it in a way to duck with Lewis before Mister Stern came along. It's like Duckworth-Lewis was is probably renowned as the best rain rule there's ever been. No one bloody understands it. But everybody who's ever had a look at a Duckworth-Lewis table would probably say, you know what, I don't know how the hell they got there, but I can't really argue with the fact that this feels right. I can't, you know, every now and again, it looks on. But on balance, you can say that, OK, it's weird. You've only lost four runs despite losing four overs. But yeah, OK, fine, etc. But for a brief period, when certainly... When T Twenty came along, um, suddenly you know you're you're chasing you're chasing two a ball from six seven overs out, and you're going to win it easily. And it took an awful long time for Duckworth Lewis the old permutations to catch up with this. You know the rain the rain rules. I think um, particularly what was it in England England um, in when they won in 2010? I think they had a couple of really close cock ups. One they lost to West Indies, and then mm. they lost to Ireland because mm. of because, largely because the both sides were chasing and the permutation did not favour chasing teams, and it took an awful long time for that rule to be recalibrated. I'm, I'm banging on a bit, but the point is, it didn't mean we've that, got to change
0: the way we think about this.
1: Precisely, you've got to you've got to change the way you think about it. You've got to accept that this is going to this is going to be the way that England go. There's no point in saying that. Can't you just shut the shop up now? Um, I mean, I, I remember as a as another case in point. I remember distinctly, actually, the, the two thousand five Ashes, uh, the first day at Edgbaston, when England scored what was it four hundred in eighty overs. I mean, even by the sounds of baseball, that was <laughs> extraordinary. I mean, I, I don't I, honestly, I don't think I don't think anything England's done this year has been quite as in your face, dramatically quick as England were that morning uh, when they got given the chance to, to bat first and went for it. But I remember writing my piece. Uh, Sort of criticizing, obviously, a long time ago now, but I remember writing a piece saying that um, you know if they'd throttled back, having had such a great start, they wouldn't have been bowled out for four hundred. They'd have had a chance to put five hundred on the board. As like looking back now, I realize that wasn't the point at all. The point was to put the foot on the throat of Australia, scare the bajoes out of them with the, what this we team could achieve, and then have been the such rest a... of history.
0: Wouldn't have been such a memorable finish if they'd got five. It wouldn't, wouldn't have it?
1: been, but also it, it probably wouldn't have happened in the first place because yeah. England weren't going to go whole wholehearted. Let's just thrash these buggers. Um, it wouldn't. They would have. They would have been caught in two minds, and they'd have done neither, which is what England have been doing in Test cricket pretty much every every year mm. uh, in in the inter- intervening fifteen. So, um, yeah, again, going back to the original point, there's no point in criticising the way that England are going because the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you know, Stokes was 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 grilled by Mark Butcher in the post-match. I thought I thought Butch made a very good point to him. Like, are you are you underselling yourself by, you know, scoring six from nine with two horrendous slogs when actually only last week you were scoring a match-winning century by playing a little bit within yourself, and you know, Stokes has shot it down. saying, so, well, you know, criticize like, all well, you like. If I'm winning six out of seven, I mean, mm. the team the team ethos is absolutely everything for this team, and 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 there is no point in there's no point in nitpicking. There is, There are obviously going to be people at the fringes, like Zach Crawley is probably the case in point here, but with any enterprise, there's always going to be something that is the margin of the enterprise. And, you know, if you, if you spend your entire time picking at the margin, saying, well, what, about it? what about this and what about that, and missing the point that actually these guys are the people on the fringes that are something bigger and more holistic, um, then, you know, if you do spend your time quibbling. Carping about that and not accepting that you know the big the bigger picture is the bigger thing, uh, then yeah, Stokes ultimately does have he is within his rights to suggest that just you know just just think think a bit bigger about what we're trying to achieve here.
0: I mean, uh, history is written written by the winners, of course. So Stokes is <laughs> is help. is talking from a, a position of strength. Um, Vish, is there going to be a point when that, when that argument? Um, be, Becomes more difficult, you know, when it, when it collides with reality. England might have lost two or three of of the games they won this summer had you know a Colin de Grandhomme not overstepped or a, uh, you know a catch been taken uh, a, 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 at a vital um, point. Um, and there are inevitably going to be uh, times in the in, whether it's in Pakistan or New Zealand this winter, whether it's during next summer's Ashes when things don't go England's way. Um, and people will be very quick to uh, jump on that that bandwagon of criticism, um, and, and is Stokes going to have to? Do you think kind of find his own way of of meeting that criticism and, and tempering his message, or is he just simply going to say when you know when results if and when results dry up? Right, well, that's it. I've did my best, um, and uh, it's over to the next man.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think w- when he when he put out that call to action for journalists, I think part of it was, please stop asking me the same questions. <laughs> um, in terms of when it goes badly, you know, as you say, history is written by the victors, and they've been they've said constantly throughout this summer that, oh, you know, if the re- results were, you know, if we'd lost all the games so far, we wouldn't have we, you know, we wouldn't be thinking any differently. We'd still have mm. enjoyed it, which is obviously a lie, but fine, it's their lie. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of I think we've talked about it before on, on a previous switch, whereby I, th- I think this lives and dies with Stokes. Um, I think at the start, you know, when Miller coined the phrase, it was seen as Brendan's way in many ways. And there's um, a lot of the tenants within it are clearly from McCullum. For example, uh, one of these things uh, he, he told, he there's this uh, story he tells about when um, He was playing Hashim Amla, New Zealand South Africa was playing Hashim Amla when Amla was going through a real tough time and he said he dropped him in the cordon for you know I think he was single figures or something like that and Amla went on to get a double hundred or you know a big a big hundred and he said he saw in that moment that this guy was really struggling and in disarray and suddenly was able to summon this innings out of nothing partly because of Brendan's help (laughs) but but also just because there was, he was, said there was something about that moment that stripped everything away, that got him to you know got him low enough where he thought, look, I've got nothing to lose now. And he said he was playing all these shots, and he and that's something that really stuck with him. And you know the way that Crawley played on that final innings was was an element of that. And so that so that specifically has come from McCullum. But everything else, everything, you know, keeping catches in place for far longer than I've seen an England team do so that's all Ben Stokes you know the the, um, mammoth spells from other bowlers not just Stokes that's from Ben Stokes the way that Stokes plays stupidly at times and I think we can call it stupid and mean it affectionately the way he plays like that is done so because he wants to you know he's the guy leading them down the path in you know at night Saying, you know, if I if I step down a hole, just remember the hole's here. Don't worry <laughs> about me, but the hole is over here. And, you know, sometimes it's worked. There were a few, there were a few innings. Um, there was a Headingley innings in the first innings against um New Zealand, where he came out and Trent Bolt suddenly went from four to thirteen to four for fifty-eight in the space of two overs. And it just eased everything up. And he sees himself as like that. He he's basically like the fire blanket or the gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Depending yeah. on one, just
1: one, 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 one thing you said there, Vish. Just, just a, just a, just a query on on what you said. There's all Stokes there. Just in terms of the field placing, I, I can completely agree that Stokes is utterly, utterly in command of his of his troops out in the middle. There's no question that he calls the shots. He calls them very well, as it happens. But if you think back to the 2015 World Cup and the type of field placings we're seeing in extreme attacking in situations where you would think probably you want to be more prudent I mean that was McCullum in the world in the 2015 World Cup mm-hmm. having crazy amounts of, of slips you know I, I can't remember how many he had in, a, in that yeah, six, in in the six,
0: six slips I think but I mean England were however many down by
1: but England England got <laughs> absolutely battered and yet it's a World Cup and you've got six <laughs> slips with Tim Tim Southies swinging around corners I mean that that's if, if that's not McCullum the McCullum's influence at least saying look this is this is how you it's how you win games where you know if if the if the if the dynamics of Test cricket is shifting and players are going to play more shots because they don't have defensive techniques anymore, which is kind of what England doubled doubled down on. The best way to counter that is if there is a single flicker in that attacking mindset and they give a give a even a glimmer of a chance, we're there to gobble it up. Who cares about boundaries so long as you snick them off? And and that's. I can't believe that's not McCollum coming in and saying, "You know what? Here's how I would do it. What do you think, Ben?" And the fact that Stokes has taken it and run with it is a credit to him and their communication. But um, I, I would I would say that is a, that is a fundamental part of what McCollum has brought uh, into that dressing room.
2: Yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I suppose the message Stokes being the messenger or the, the conduit for for that message to the group is quite apparent when um, you know Jack Lee just spoken about it this summer about asking to drop, you know, drop mid off back and him be like, no, not a chance. Yeah. And, and Broad mentioned it the other day um, when it was like, he was like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like how I want to play. I, I want to play with catches in there. I, I want to take wickets and I want to, you know, have people in positions that matter. Um, and also, you know, to, to back up your point, um, there was a moment um, a couple of tests ago, or Jimmy Old Trafford, where, you know, Jimmy's um, on that runway, you know, he he's almost on a hat-trick and... Stokes turns to McCullum with regards to the, um, the slip cordon with holds three fingers up, and McCullum shakes his head and puts up four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're absolutely won, Yeah,
0: always add another slip. Um, <laughs> I mean, what w- w- what we uh inevitably we're gonna c- come to time and time again, I suppose, and we will have fun doing so, is that you know, a game that began. Uh, as Miller says, six wickets inside, pretty much the first out. South Africa thirty six for six should have been should have been over at that point. Even though they then made one hundred eighteen, England eighty for for two, eighty eighty three, eighty four for two. Um, should they? Um, and obviously, this is not a question that we'll ever put to Ben Stokes or Brendan McCullum. But objectively, in the in 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 the best way to win cricket matches sense, should they have? Uh, coasted off into the distance uh, and won that game by an innings um, albeit, I mean this was like a close game that was also a massive gulf between the two sides um, and, and sort of highlighted how Stokes and McCullum and Baz Ball and, and uh, so much of it is in the head and and like you say Miller, kind of South Africa were out thought, but should England really have just made sure they got two fifty three hundred and put the game to bed and never been in with a shot of losing it?
1: Objectively speaking, yes. I mean more, more than anything, I would say that they, 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 they this on this occasion, it was a strategic blunder from England, albeit it worked out fine in the end. But the, the point being that this was a three-day game. And if you want to win, if you're determined to win a three-day game, the best best way to win a three-day game is to ensure it doesn't go to four innings. Surely that surely that's the obvious thing to do. Is like, uh, you know, let's just throttle back, put 300 on the board, even if it takes us a session longer than we might ordinarily want to bat at. And then we just throw everything at these buggers and 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 win with with time to spare and that allows for rain and allows for bad light, all the other things that factor in in September. So you know, objectively speaking, that was the wrong decision. And yet England should have won inside two days, and and barely <laughs> barely in half an hour on, on 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 the third. So you know, as always, you know you can you can you can second guess how England are going to play all you like, but you're going to be wrong at the moment because you know. That if if Joe Root, who obviously had a quiet series, I think forty six runs in the whole series, which is extraordinary by by his standards, but if
0: yeah, his worst average in to... any any series in his career eleven point five,
1: amazing, isn't it? Amazing, isn't it? But th- but then you know if if in that first over off the tee he'd played that uppercut a little bit higher over the slip cordon, hacked it away for four or even six, who knows what he was aiming for, and suddenly just set the tempo, and suddenly he's off and running, and if Ben Stokes just connects a little bit better with that first heave over over the onside and it goes away for four instead of being just out of reach of a catch and he's off and running, suddenly you think, well, you know, this is just having a roll. They're, they're, they're piling off into the distance. They, they've always said, and this is something that, that McCollum said really early on in this run, is we want to push it too far. I mean, literally use the word too far. Yeah. We, want mm-hmm. to, we want to push this so far that it explodes and goes wrong. And then what do we do? And then when it goes wrong, you send Stuart Broad out to, out to face his future Sky colleagues, uh, and, and give a <laughs> give a perfectly logical explanation that you know what we're perfectly happy with this because we are completely confident of chasing anything in the fourth innings. And why wouldn't they be? Because they chase everything in the fourth innings, be it, be it high totals or low totals. You know the one the one caveat we thought it might be a sort of you know. Australia 81 scenario that you know is all very well them them being able to being able to boss it when when there's a big big chase but ooh, what's it going to be like with the 130 chase ooh, you're gonna freak out not a bit of it um yeah they they, they, they walked it so you know what do you do you, you, you again going back to what I was saying earlier you, there's no point in carping about the fringes of this you can't you can't complain that Joe Root has played a glorious reverse ramp for six in one game, and therefore getting out first ball after tee in another is wrong. I mean, neither of them are right in the conventional sense, but both of them are right <laughs> in the sense that England, are, England are, are, are looking to play at the moment, and they're enjoying it as well, which actually, you know, given where we've come from and all the pandemic stuff, I mean, you know, in pretty much every interview we're doing at the moment, and I'm sure we'll touch on, on the women's game as well with, you know, Brunson Siver out and and all the all the... All the shakedown that we probably even haven't, haven't even got round to talking about, the impact that COVID and lockdown and all the rest has had on the women's game, because, you know, we've all been obsessed with, with the men's game. But, you know, the the, the, the unravelling of that team and the implications of, of what it is to just be professionals and, you know, ploughing on regardless of whether it's fun or anymore. What England are doing now and having gone through the fire of the pandemic and a dismal run of miserable defeats, is put the fun absolutely first and front and foremost in what they're doing, and who really cares about anything else? If they're enjoying it, they want to play. They want to play their best. They want to keep playing their best. I mean, they finished the series, and Joe Root is already saying, "I can't wait to get to Pakistan." You wouldn't have heard that last year. You wouldn't have heard <laughs> England willing themselves to get back on the road and and go and go and face another series moments after finishing a long summer. They'd be saying, "I don't want to think about anything other than sleep." Thank you. Um, you know they're energised, and, and and for that reason, again, going back to what Stokes is saying, you've got to you've got to allow leeway for the way England are doing things at the moment
2: because
1: you can't actually argue with 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 the results that they're
2: producing. That's um that's a really interesting point at the end there, Miller, about um, wanting to get back on the road straight away because even before COVID, all the talk was always with Test players generally, but also with the England Test players, they'd always talk about the, how important it was to get away from the game, yeah. so, to leave it all behind. And I think maybe maybe something that a lot of people assume no one really questions is the fact that for the longest time, even post-Andy Flower, even under Trevor Bayliss, where he was a bit more chilled out, the pressure cooker environment of that Test dressing room was such that you needed to get away from it. It didn't matter whether you're winning or not, or whether you're playing and engaging cricket or enjoying the cricket on the field. There were times where it was quite suffocating. And if you're with it for a month, even at home, you needed to get away. After that point, you need to go away. You need to leave it behind. And I don't know how that's changed uh, beyond, I suppose, the superficial elements of Brendan McCullum's boom boombox, or the fact that people are openly doing crosswords here and there, the fact that they stick around, and at the end of the game, they the younger guys are out playing football, and the older guys uh are with the coaching staff having some, you know, having some red wine. I don't know if that's because everyone now goes out together, or if it's because when when Johnny Besto scores a big, you know, gets a big score, is a bit agitated, or is a bit, you know, going all over the place, or when he gets a low score and he wants to look at his video, they close the laptop when he comes in and say and they say you know McCullum a few times said sit here and just chill out you're good you don't need to you don't need to watch that dismissal but everything feels a bit looser now everything feels a bit more casual from you know rocking up whenever you want to rock up in the morning provided you're there for the you know for the (laughs) the time we actually have to be there on the field and they've stripped away all those things all those things which are I wouldn't say we're never unnecessary. You know, sometimes you know, maybe you should look at a bad shot. Maybe you should be on time, dressed dressed a certain way, even if it is just for keeping up appearances. Structure isn't necessarily a bad thing, but evidently they've just they've just smart casual, haven't they? It's, it's, actually, it's more than smart casual. It's just very well, casual. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and, and they've got rid of the nutritionist yeah. as well. I, I gather, which
2: they're obviously that nutritionist
0: dressed. was was given. <laughs> Giving out bad bad juju.
2: Yeah, well, the, I mean, but it, it's about I suppose in that own way, you know, you're governing what adults, you know, eat. I uh, realise just before we asked Miller what he had for lunch, but you know, there's, there's a level. Since you're asking, yeah, but there's a level and of team. ownership there. Yeah, there's a level a level of ownership there to the players. Like you're gonna take charge of it. Mm. We we're gonna let you, you know. We we know we have we have degree of certain you know level of standards here that you that you know about now. But however, however you can reach them, because while it is you know a bit more casual, the flip side of that you've got a guy who comes in for the last two tests in Ollie Robinson who spoke about having all these serious chats with Bob and Stokes about how fitness has to be a lifestyle change rather than something to help you you know do well on a yo yo test or things like that or do good in the gym. It is about changing your approach in general to life. Um, so there, there is seriousness, you know, in amongst it all, but primarily it is just about well, vibes, really, isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> it still comes back down to vibes. Yeah. Um, uh, Mila, a couple of things, I suppose. Um, one, is there, is there this, um, I mean, this sense of freedom really comes p- partly uh, kind of, uh, Vish's anecdote there about um, kind of, when you're at rock bottom, then being able to find release. I mean, obviously England were actually bottom of the world test championship and then had no (laughs) chance of qualifying for the final. So there is, there is really no pressure um, on them at the moment. Uh, You know, they, they won six tests out of seven and, and uh, are what they're now, Sixth, I think, in the World Championship, and uh, and obviously they've got far more from that in terms of co- connecting with the public and and, and the, the the praise that will come from um, reinvigorating interest in in the game, perhaps. Um, but it didn't actually matter if they lost half those games or all those games. I mean, Stokes is a new captain, McCullum's a new coach. Uh, there is a whole lot of freedom there to go and do what they want. But, but obviously that will uh, be uh, constrained the, the closer they get to actually being seen as a successful team, you know, a team that should be challenging for a World Series Championship or a team that maybe next summer should be beating Australia uh, and obviously the pressure will increase. Um, so that there's that is it, is this poss- possible only now because of because of those circumstances? Uh, and then the other thing I want to touch on was this the sense of freedom and fun. Uh, in Jeffrey Boycott's uh, column uh, today, I think, was, was <laughs> suggesting that he would not want none of the batsmen in England will have had fun this summer because it's been so hard because so few of them have scored uh, big runs. For Johnny Berser aside, perhaps. Um, and is that just a, a completely outmoded view? Uh, and and should we be, you know, pretty much all on board, all aboard the fun bus here that Zach Crawley can um, go through a summer averaging twenty three and scoring one fifty at the very end of it, uh, and that's be seen as a pretty good thing. Uh, he's done his occasional match winning thing as far as the, the management are concerned. And will he have been happy with that? Do you think?
1: Well, I'll, I'll try to answer the second point with reference to the first point because <laughs> actually it was Joe Root. I think he reluctantly mentioned it today, but he, he was sort of saying that, um, oh, well, I, I don't really want to draw the comparison, but this vibe around the dressing room feels exactly like the vibe around the white ball team when suddenly they decided, you know what, enough's enough, we are going to do things differently. Now, we we as journalists, we, we joined Dots for a living, and so we've been making this comparison for months. But the players, for, for a senior player like Joe Root, to actually voice that as as a as a as a point to to reflect on is, is I think significant because not only is it's uh, it proof that you know these formats are getting closer and the more the the more you can take learnings from one it will help the other which kind of is pretty much what we're all talking about with baseball and the field placings and, and and everything else but if if this is if this narrative is is the one that the white ball team went on. We're only really just getting started with what this team can achieve, which is pretty much again what what Root was saying. And I suppose the point was that England went very quickly from being naively optimistic in white ball cricket, so naive that they probably blew the world the, the world T20 final because they didn't have a proper plan for how to beat a proper T20 team in a proper event. They, they you know they 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 blew it at the end, and Stokes was complicit in that. But at the same time. They grew into their status as front runners, and it's no coincidence that the kingpins of this current team are Stokes, Root, and Johnny Bairstow, who happen to be three key players who won that World Cup. So you know, it's not as if these guys are, are naive about what it takes to absorb the pressure and adapt what you've learned already to all oh, people are going to be coming for you now. people know what you're what you're doing, people, you think you can score four hundred every day, do you? <laughs> Try doing it against this attack. They've heard it all before. They've heard it all before. None have heard it before. They won despite the pressure of having heard it and being told you're not going to be able to do it against this and that and, and t'other. So, you know, if if a they believe that the journey they're on with the Test team is similar to the white ball journey already, and b they're enjoying the journey as Root quite clearly is for everything he's been saying and Stokes and McCollum laughing on the balcony at every drop of a hat. What's what's not to embraced why would they not carry on improving and getting absorbing the lessons and adapting the way they play subtly but not significantly to to everything else i've forgotten what the second point of your point of the question was but i think i think that broadly that broadly is it is that you know they are going to they're going to do exactly what they did with the white ball team in this test team it may not work I mean, you know, it may all go wrong and someone may slip over a tee box and, and, you know, break their leg and never never be the same again, God forbid. But, you know, there's no reason why England shouldn't believe that this senior bunch of players have seen absolutely everything. I mean, Stoke, are Broad and Anderson World Cup winners, but they don't need to be. They've seen everything in every other sense that test cricket can throw at them. Um, there's a, There's a serious amount of experience and a serious amount of maturity Within this vibes-driven side, and there's no reason to believe that it's all just gonna go wrong or be derailed if say they go to Pakistan and do what most teams do and don't win there. You know, that doesn't mean it's the end of the journey any more than it was end the end of the journey when they lost by an innings at Lords two weeks ago. It's um it's it's all it's all part of the process, frankly.
0: I mean, in terms of the the scales falling from all our eyes, uh, uh, put more succinctly what I'm asking is, is the old-fashioned notion of a batsman valuing his wicket, is that something we should perhaps uh, be uh, consigning, you know, to the bottom of the coffin?
2: Um, my impulse is to say no, because, you know, if you look at the way that Ben Stokes batted in that second test against South Africa, <laughs> The way it started out, it was it was you know a bit of a slow burn at first, and that was a man protecting his wicket. Mm. And then at the same time, I think there's a bit more duty to team now, isn't there? That's the basically the ethos at the moment. And if that happens to be, you know, not valuing your wicket, then that's what you need to do. I think you know, boycotts thing, um, boycotts column today is, is interesting. And I, you know, I'm better than to say that. He's incorrect. It's very much his view, and he's played, he's played the game for a very, very long time. And you know he did he, all right. Yeah, but yeah, well, exactly. <clears throat> and and his views are certainly not okay, given that Dean Elgar was talking about pretty much the same thing at the start of this tour. Yeah, but I think the the way they've managed to get a buy-in, um, and it you know it feeds into Crawley Crawley's run of form um, before the half-century and the way Stokes bats is. Essentially, ignore your own accomplishments. Like, forget about the numbers. Um, it's forget about the numbers in terms of whether England are batting or bowling. They say they tell them to ignore the scoreboard, and they basically tell them to ignore your stats. Really, um, you know, Stokes. This period of Stokes, we would have to. I don't know if we can do this on stats career, but, but there needs to be an aside where, you know, batted like a lunatic should be <laughs> in this in its own separate bracket and batted a filter. Like a lunatic, yeah, for, for for the for what he perceived as a greater good, because you know his numbers are tanking. It's Like, well, actually, his bowling, his bowling average, his bowling numbers are going one way, and his batting's going the other way. Um, but they're both, you know, they're going in opposite directions for the right reasons. Certainly, <laughs> for what he feels are the right reasons. Um, and, and so, I suppose in that regard, it's um, yeah, it's protecting the team rather than protecting your your wicket. Mm. You know. Um, and it feels strange to say this because I don't think there's anything wrong in batting being selfish pursuit, specifically, you know, or particularly in, in long form cricket. But like, they don't seem to think like that. And they're showing there is another way of doing it. And that's why I don't think they should be. The, the one thing I have I will take issue with over this summer is preaching their way of cricket as a as a new style, because England have a privilege in that they get very well paid to be test cricketers. They play a lot of test cricket as well. And there are certain other countries, you know, South Africa, the FTP is a bit of a shambles. And you do have to look out for, for number one to a point. And not everyone can go off and dance around in these T20 leagues. Some people need those numbers to justify selection in another series. They need to ensure, you know, even even central contracts in England are, you know, have a performance base in them. And, you know, Jimmy Anderson is, Paid very well because Jimmy Anderson plays very well, that kind of stuff, um, and so I don't think it, it's something that we should be, or you know, everyone should play like this. You know, get you know, as if we're you know preaching to the masses mm. and how to live their lives, because England are very lucky that they can afford to do this. They they they're in a you know, from being bottom of the world test rank uh, test championship to. Being well-paid Test cricketers and having you know the, the need to entertain and stuff like that, and the one from Sky as well to showcase entertaining Test cricket because they're going to pay a lot of money for it. Um, they, they have a luxury that and a privilege that shouldn't. I, I think sometimes we might lose sight of when we you know I suppose blow smoke up.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's an interesting point though. Just just the, just the entertainment factor because again this comes back to Ben Stokes's speech to the media as saying that you know. We're trying to inspire the next generation, which you know it's it's become such a mantra. I mean, I remember it was a mantra. It was the second question that got asked of Joe, uh, asked of Owen Morgan when he won the World Cup. It was like, uh, so Owen, well done the World Cup. You look at all those kids you've inspired. It's like bloody hell, you know. No, 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 no beating around the bush with the analysis of an epic game. It was all about what have you done today? How is this going to change the game and inspire the next generation? This team have had it drummed into them. Uh, for their entire careers, that you know, you're basically the last hurrah of cricket being relevant. It's important that you get out there, win, and win entertainingly to make sure all those kids dancing in the stands are going to be converted to test cricket. And you know, I think, I think, again, in, in, in talking today, we're talking about the hundred, how the way that England are batting at the moment can be the hundreds to. Test cricket. Uh, I mean, you know, again, it's, it, as Vish says, it's a it's a privileged position. Not not everyone has 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 the has the chance to just put entertainment first. Some people have got to put put you know bum, put food in their mouths with they're bummed on seats. But the point is, England are are wedded to this inspiration doctrine, for want of a better word. And um, you know whether that whether that means win lose. Not draw. No one wants to draw anymore. Uh, but win <laughs> or lose, it's it, it, that—that's the way they're—that's the way they're, the they're going to play. It's the way they're going to play across formats. It's the—it's—it's the, it's, it, it, it's, the hundred is such a overarching thing in the height of the summer now that Test cricket has to find a way to fight back. Essentially, is what is what all of the England players are saying. Uh, Stokes obviously has been front and centre of this by you know retiring from one day cricket and and. Saying that you know my absolute priority, you're not going to go to the IPL. I'm going to knuckle down and be the be the man to bring people back around me and make Test cricket great again. I mean, none of that you can fault. None of that you can. None of that is, it sounds like a bad idea to me. Uh, but yeah, the the, the the preachiness is the only only thing that I would um, I would I would warn against because you know everyone everyone can bang on about you know good advert for the game, but ultimately people hate adverts. People just, people just, you know, (laughs) people just want to get on with, get on with the actual, the actual movie, you know, don't, 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 don't don't ram, don't try to sell things to me, just let me enjoy this. Um, So, you know, that, that, that's the concern that I I would have in the long term about all this is that let, 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 let it speak for itself rather than feel like you need to, need to craft the message to, to fit some sort of ECB driven mantra.
0: Mm, well, I mean, uh, uh, I hesitate to get away from the bigger picture. Um, but <laughs> the bigger picture. but um, uh, just just before we move on, I mean, Vish um, looking into the tea leaves, but England actually don't have a test for a. Um, a few months now, uh, and there's a surfeit of white ball cricket to come. But they they, they will be going to Pakistan before Christmas. Uh, I mean, on the evidence of of selection this summer, they will be dropping absolutely no one, uh, and it will be pretty much the same eleven lining up um, in uh, is it Pindi or wherever the first test is. But um, I mean, Zach Crawley's played himself onto the plane. Presumably, Alex Lees they, they had a, their second hundred run stand in you know fourth innings um, for the summer. Um, uh, would would you expect you know Broad and Anderson to be flogged in Pakistan? Uh, Ollie Robinson is obviously back in in you know right at the top of the pecking order um, after his what third fifer in, in of his career, the fifty wickets in eleven tests now. Um, yeah, what, what what are you what are you looking at down the line for what the next trick for this team is going to be?
2: Well. It's interesting, um because I suppose Stokes and McCollum were given a couple of opportunities to expressly say that Crawley and Lees would be opening a Basan, and they didn't they they on to say that they had they have to look at you know it's a different series, different conditions um different challenge, and they had to look at it accordingly um, they gave it was it was the most coy they'd been on that kind of stuff, bear in mind, I think five minutes earlier. Uh, Stokes has said you know there was never any doubt that Crawley was opening all the tests this summer you know and I, I never questioned him as test match opener because someone like Ben Duckett who was obviously drafted into the side after Besto's injury with Harry Brook getting his debut um I mean to be honest I think he's tailor made for for this and I know that he's scored a lot of his runs this uh, almost all his runs actually this season for Nottinghamshire at number 3 he is an opener you know David for England as an opener in uh, in Bangladesh uh, in 2016 um, I, I think I think he's a quality player. I think he's absolutely like, you know, he has that mantra. And, and if he's given the goal, I think he'll give a good account of himself. Um, you know, they have they did drop someone really, didn't they? They dropped Matthew Potts for Robinson and they did it in a way that sounded like they were sending their dog to the farm. You know, it was it really pain them. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: and I, I think in terms so he, was of... just,
0: he was just being rested, surely.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing They 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 were quite honest about it. They were like, look, he took it really well. It was um, and and he took it so well. We were impressed with how well he took it. You know, he was doing it. for
0: (laughs) Good boy. Who's a good boy?
2: Yeah. Um, As for Pakistan, I think, you know, they're hoping to have people like Mark Wood. uh, Not sure about Chris Works, but somewhere. Yeah, like, you know, Mark with a bit of pace. Uh bear in mind that you know he's on the Mark Wood is going to Pakistan, he'll be at the T20 World Cup. Um he was at the oval and um he was doing TMS and I think Brendan McCollum wanted him around the team. No word of a lie, because you know, he's a good laugh, but mm-hmm. basically wanted him a bit more um, you know, ingrained in in the group as it were, because obviously he's been he hasn't played a competitive game all summer um and so you know if you look at the bowling attack i think ben stokes will probably be the third seamer as it were i don't think stuart broad's gonna go i think there's a lot of talk about him missing out because he's going to be expecting his first child this um yeah in about december um so i'm not sure if he'll go and to be fair probably not a bad thing in terms of you don't really want another situation where one of Broad or Anderson or both are sat out because it caused, in its own way, it causes its own complications. Because then we start asking the inevitable questions or writing the inevitable pieces, and I think they want to get <laughs> away from that a little bit, um, which I suppose is part of being a bit more upfront about all these all these conversations they have with the players themselves. But no, it's interesting. I mean, you know, can you Basball Shaheen Shafridi? <laughs> Probably not, but they'll give it a go. Um, I, think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fascinating because if you think of how Pakistan have set up games, particularly when they've played at home or home in the UAE. Mm, it's been, yeah, big, long, slow, slow burn. In, yeah, big, long first inning runs. And let's get wrist spinners to go through you on day five. So, yeah, it should be incredible. I, I think it's, uh, you know, I've, I have was trying to think it's not um immovable object, is it? It's, you know, it's a, <laughs> a, a, the hare and the tortoise. So, yeah. I- immovable. <laughs> <too laughs> Yeah, I mean, a it, it, it object, is interesting. Object
0: versus irresistible chat. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, though, isn't it? If you've, if you've set the team up as England have done this summer, whereby you're saying, no, we are not dropping so and so, no, absolutely not going to drop him, then suddenly they're not on the team. You can't really pretend they've been rested. It, 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 it's almost so, such extreme protection of them. The moment they're not in there, you can't beat around the bush. So, Matthew Potts' case in point. He's like, you can't pretend it's just a rotation thing because England don't rotate anymore. <laughs> yeah. like if, if the shirt is yours, you keep the shirt, which is what, what Broad called for in, in Sydney. And so, you know, that is a mantra that, that, that England have seemed to be sticking to. So the, I suppose the only way you can get around it without without talking in terms of, of being dropped is almost to go back to the future, going back to where we were with, when Ed Smith was selector and Total Cricket and the, and his notion that they could they could bin off uh, you know Darwin Milan, you know, put him in mothballs and bring him out for Australia, or you know, Keaton Jennings comes back out for a spinning surface in, in in Sri Lanka, all the all these other things. That that is probably the only way that they can they have wriggle room in selection now that they're completely wedded to, you know, the idea that when you're in the side you keep you keep the shirt. You can you can say, look, absolutely absolutely no doubt about it that so and so Stuart Broad is is our first first choice guy for home conditions but i mean stokes alluded to it in the presentations let alone the the, uh sit down with the media and saying that you know we might just have to adapt it a little bit to change our tactics change our lineups two spinners all the the other things that come into going to the subcontinent you know there's got to be there's got to be a little bit of wriggle room in in this in this in this hard and fast we don't we don't drop anyone policy um so yeah they, they, but again it's it's all comes out of honesty essentially, if you're being honest with the players about why you're keeping them, you've got to be honest with why they won't be playing as well um and that's that is the complication
2: yeah the The honesty's come up quite a few times this summer in terms of you know players either coming to the coaching staff or or Stokes and asking about you know actually, what do I need to do i'm like I'm having a bit of, you know Ben folks is the main one, I think this summer in terms of trying to work out how how to play his role at number seven and, and just come in clean and be like, look, um, I can pretend I can go away and do this myself. But like, can you tell me like, what exactly, what do you want from me? And beyond, they're like, Oh, you're going to do it your own way. They've given him certain parameters as well. And at the same time, people on the outside who think they, they should be in, I th- like I think a couple of players made a note of calling, uh, managing director Rob Key about where they weren't picked for the Lions tour, for example, and being like, look, what's up? And he's like, you know, I'm not. I'm not in, and I think he quite likes that. He prefers that to someone talking about it behind his back, or I suppose coming to us in the media and and talking about how disgruntled and cheated they might feel. Um, and I suppose the, 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 we've seen the most productive version of that with Besto's injury and Alex Hales's move into the, you know, into the World Cup squad because Hales called him up and said, "Look, um, what do you want?" Like. You haven't picked me, why? And I don't reckon Hales would have done that a- if- Apart another... from the
0: obvious reason.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. But I don't think Hales would have done that if um, if the previous regime were in charge or even if someone else was MD. Um, and so I, I think the-, the honesty has been like a-, a key factor in all of this. And it'll be interesting to see when we come out into into next summer, you could- we might end up in a situation where just through the nature of being so honest, you end up lying to people, if that makes sense. Because you can only, there's only so much honesty that can go around in that setting because suddenly Harry Brook, oh, you you know, you, you say you don't drop anyone, but say Harry Brook gets a couple of scores and better comes in for Harry Brook. And then Harry Brook has only got, you know, has only had four tests, even though he's done really well. Say if he does really well in, in Pakistan, those sort of, sort of things will come up. But I think by and large, I think, you know, it is, fundamentally a good thing it's just the longer it goes on for you wonder if the messaging will be a, a bit mixed up you know
0: uh well there's lots of uh, things to look forward to in in regard to how england's messaging plays out i guess um we haven't got too much longer here but uh, i mean i was gonna uh, re- reference stokes now having to actually uh switch switch horses switch formats he's not going to pakistan but he will be here in the t20 world cup squad um Presumably, that will um, distract him somewhat from uh, from the uh, uh, the challenge of playing tests in Pakistan. Um, obviously, he's he's you know he's retired from ODI cricket, so this is this is the the, the world as he'd prefer it: uh, tests and T20s only. Um, but uh, Miller, we, I mean, we talked a lot about the treadmill of the game. Uh, you mentioned actually at the start the women's game and and um, how some of those challenges are beginning to manifest. England women are playing. Um, India in in six uh, white ball games uh, ongoing now. The the first one was uh, at the weekend and they won by nine wickets. Uh, And and there's an interesting thing going on here because... Um, you've got a, a, a lot of younger players coming into the side uh, p- p- partly by necessity obviously Lisa Kite Lee, uh, the outgoing coach has has made a, a thing of kind of uh, bringing through young blood but there's no Heather Knight for this series she's uh, she's had a, a, an operation uh, on on a hip there's no Catherine Brunt, she's being preserved for future challenges uh, having already retired from test cricket um, uh, Tammy Beaumont's been left out of this format uh, and, and Nat Siver withdrew uh, for personal uh, reasons, mental mental health reasons, really, uh, because of the sort of treadmill there. Um, so uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. We begin to see that uh, the effect of sort of an increased schedule on the women's game, but also it's an opportunity for for England's women to start bringing through uh, a new generation of talent. Well,
1: isn't it, just I mean, you know, revolution. You know, it starts slowly and then ends up in a massive, great snowball. I mean, those names you've tripped off. you know, it, it, it's basically a who's who of <laughs> of everybody who is relevant to English cricket in in the in the past five, six years since that 2017 World Cup. You know, um, and we haven't even mentioned Andy Shrubsall, of course, who, who's the other other big absentee having having retired earlier this year. So you know, uh, Beaumont Beaumont and Knight, Siver, Brunt, Shrubsole. I mean, that 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 is. That is absolutely the backbone of England for five, six years, and now suddenly, almost, almost without really noticing, because it happened pretty slowly during the World Cup, and then by degrees thereafter, suddenly it's a completely new team. Um, We've got Amy Jones is going to be skippering. uh, uh, Well, has skipped already, but is going to carry on skippering in 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 the foreseeable. and good luck to her. I mean, again, you know, she 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 took over from Sarah Taylor and has and has really made herself uh, indispensable behind the stumps. But now she's she's the senior player. She's the, she you know she's she's bringing through these younger younger kids, and it's a great opportunity. You know, Alice capture we talked about a lot. Um, the, the just watching the way that she went about it in, in game the other day was you know just I, I didn't score very many, but this first it was, a, it was a hundred final, wasn't it? You know, the first ball. She was down the pitch and launching it as like I think she you know just just looked like she's playing a different game to everyone else, um, and that's very much the ambition of this of this England team is to be more aggressive. I think um, here she did that interview with with Charlotte Edwards when when she was encouraging her Vipers and and Southern Brave team to hit straighter, trust the fact you can hit sixes. That's absolutely written written through everything that this England team are are trying to achieve. It's you know it's been a rocky start. Obviously you know, the cock up with the. We're not not getting a medal in the Commonwealth Games clearly hurt them deeply, um, but this is a real opportunity now. One nil up already after after a slightly strange, rain damaged game by all accounts up at up at Durham, um, but a chance for a new generation to really lay out marker. So that you know when Knight is fit again, when Siver and and, and Brunt hopefully are, are, are back and firing, there will be. There will be debates to be had about, you know, is, is it really time for Brunt to come back in, or is it time to trust Izzy Wong as the new attack leader? All these, all these things are, are going to keep um, snowballing from here on in. But um, it's it's a huge, huge tipping point that this team are, are now facing, um, and it's and it's it's crept up really quite rapidly in almost in the space of two weeks. Frankly, you know, it looked it looked like it was almost business as usual where, while 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 Sever and Brunt were were still the glue and the prospect of Heather Knight coming back imminently, but, you know, it feels, feels slightly slightly changed now.
0: And and there's a, another World Tournament to look forward to there as well as ever. A, well, the T20 World Cup coming up in the next sort of six months for them. Um, Vish, uh, you're uh, not off to Pakistan just yet, but you've got the county championship uh, denouement to uh, uh, tuck into over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Hampshire versus Surrey.
2: Yeah, it's um quite exciting, isn't it? It never stops. It never stops. <laughs> there's always there's
0: always something else, another layer in the cake.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the, the Hampshire win uh, in the round just gone was so important because I think Surrey, you know, there was every chance this Surrey Yorkshire game coming up next week was going to be the game that I was, you know so they could win at home in front of their own fans, and you know they're currently contending with Northlands at the moment, um, and it looks like Northlands are putting up some sterling defence, but. Yeah, it's um, it's very exciting because I think we're at a stage now where obviously we're going to have this um, this domestic schedule in twenty twenty three because any ratifications on the high performance review um haven't been voted through in or rather we haven't had the vote for it yet, mm. and because of that, it's you
0: need to, to, to know about promotion relegation and so on
2: exactly into twenty twenty four. But um, yeah, it feels like even though it's been very off Broadway, the the quality of the championship has been exceptionally high um certainly from the, from the bits that I've seen in terms of division 1 and I think there's a lot to be said for I suppose because of how the test the men's test team are doing that filtering down not just in terms of the way people play but people want to be a part of it and so you know there's someone like Rory Burns up there who got a stinker in this uh, northants game who I would wonder if is one of those people who would be aggrieved by the fact that like you know he, he was the last one out and you know everyone's been having a laugh since um <laughs> and i think he would want to end the season with a, a bit of a high just a bit of silver as well to um to come through even someone of the like pope is going to come back and you know i think you know he said previously hamlet's gonna bat at three and he'll bat at four or wherever wherever surrey need him so um it's crescendoing quite nicely yeah
0: yeah we all have a bit of tempo when we can fit it in um <laughs> right that's that's almost a wrap for the english summer uh, but don't go anywhere because the english winter is about to start and then it's pretty much non-stop through to next april we'll be thankful for three-day tests then uh, right now my thanks to miller and vish uh, please feel free to rate us on your preferred pod platforms and keep coming back for all the latest on espn